When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest and longest-running showcase of modern audio drama. I'm David Alt, your steward to the stars, with the incomparable Jack Ward. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Good morning, David. Incomparable, yes, maybe in bad ways, but (laughs) I appreciate it. How excited are you about this week's features? I I am excited enough that I put myself at the beginning of this script if I'd written it. But I am am so excited because we have Tales of the Night Sky, a unique audio drama experience with spectacular soundscapes based on the Greco-Roman myths behind the constellations. Written and directed by Bibi Jacob, these moving and sometimes humorous tales brim with tragedy, injustice and violence. Our trilogy of tales include Callisto, the constellation of Ursa Major, Arcas, the constellation of Buotes, and Sinusura, the constellation of Ursa Minor. Uh, that's reason why you're reading it, because I don't think I could have gotten all those names perfectly like you just did. This should give your <laughs> just dissertation, or, or rather just desserts. Well, you know I love all things Starwood. And our feature begins right here. On the Sonic Society. Welcome to... Tales of the Night Sky. In these podcasts, I'll be telling you ancient stories and astral myths about the stars and constellations. Thank you for joining me for this very first episode. So let's begin our journey with Ursa Major, the Great Bear. One of the most recognisable shapes in the night sky is that of a saucepan. When we see this group of stars, depending on where we are in the world, we exclaim, Look, it's the Big Bear. Look, it's the Big Dipper. Look, it's the Plough. This pattern of stars was known to many cultures throughout the ages and used by sailors to navigate. A visually obvious pattern of stars, like these seven, is called an asterism. For the ancient Mesopotamians, this asterism was a wagon. For the Cherokee nation, it was a bear pursued by hunters. The ancient Greeks also identified it as a bear, and eventually they integrated this asterism into a group of 25 stars that came to be known as the Great Bear, or Ursa Major. This is the heartbreaking story of Callisto, 
and how she became the constellation of the Great Bear. They named me. She's so beautiful. The most beautiful. Callisto. 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 If my mother, the nymph Selene, and my father, King Lycaon, had called me something more mundane, might I have led an unremarkable life? I don't know what my mother looked like. When I think of family, I see my father's face, red with anger, a vein pulsating below his eye. I see my brothers scattering away from him like frightened birds. And I see my sisters, locked in a room, weaving. My father tried to lock me away too, but I used to wake at dawn, smear my face with earth, and join my brothers as they roamed the open plains, bows and arrows held tight. I was a good hunter, even then, and for a while people forgot that I was called Callisto. When I think of my birthplace, Arcadia, I see dry and desolate landscapes with their smatterings of bushes and black rocks. I hear the sounds of ritual sacrifice echoing from the temple, and I smell burning. I think I knew I would leave the first time I heard the palace slaves whispering. Eleutheria. 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 This little statue, what is it? Who are you praying to? Artemis Eleutheria, the goddess of freedom. A goddess of freedom? How is she free? She made her father Zeus promise she could remain chaste. All her nymphs are chaste too. Some people have seen her in the woods nearby. Have you seen her? No, I just imagine her. What's the point of imagining? We'll never be free. They all fell silent, but my mind was spinning. I was half-nymph myself. Maybe Artemis could mean freedom for me. I left on a night of the Arcadian rituals and stepped into the woods for the first time. I remember that feeling of coolness and ripeness, the leaves wet and the ground smelling of dark honey. When dawn came, the birdsong washed me clean. I never knew a place could be so alive. It took me two days to find them. They were sitting by a stream. Some of them were bathing. The nymphs were pretty, but they all moved as one. I couldn't distinguish any personality in their movements or voices. Then I saw her, Artemis Eleutheria. Her presence was so overwhelming that everything drew close to her. Everything in that clearing paid homage to her power. The trees inclined towards her, deer lay nearby. The nymphs bent head and knees. So it was obvious that I had to do the same. I walked towards her and kneeled at her feet. Artemis raised me up and we stood facing each other. All I remember is the light. Everything illuminated by her glory. I put my hand to her silver bow and swore my chastity to her. I loved all that she was. 
huntress, moon goddess, protector of wild beasts. I loved her generosity and severity and her kindness in teaching me the ways of the woods. Every day was imbued with meaning. She commanded us when to hunt, when to eat, where to rest. And we obeyed because here in the woods we were beyond the rules of men and mankind. Time moves straight and true, like an arrow shot from the goddess's silver bow. She only took you in because you look alike. That's not true. I'm nothing like her. Yes, you are. You're her mirror image, like her reflection in a pool of water. I should have known that it would never last, that one day my name and my destiny would catch up with me. It happened in the summer, a day too muggy for the hunt. We'd all dispersed to our favourite corners of the woods. I'd reached my clearing where the wild roses and brambles tangled happily together, and my beech tree spread its mossy branches upwards like arms in prayer. I lay in the shade of that tree and I slept. When I opened my eyes, Artemis was standing above me, smiling, a greedy look in her dancing eyes. She knelt down beside me and touched my face. She'd never touched me so tenderly. Hands cupping my face, she drew me close for a kiss. The ground was hot when we lay down. She kissed me again more forcefully, and then, for a moment, I thought I was still sleeping, for my goddess seemed to melt. Her skin grew soft as wax, and then another shape emerged from her body. I was no longer kissing Artemis. I was kissing a god, the god of all gods, Zeus, the destroyer. I tried to push him away, but Zeus takes what he wants. He covered my mouth with his hand, and he raped me. My vows were broken. The arrow snapped. But I washed myself in the stream and told myself, no one need ever know. I rejoined the hunt. It was my body that betrayed me. The goddess says you're to come back and bathe with us. If you don't agree, she says we're to disrobe you ourselves. Please don't. No. still. No, don't. Oh, my God. You're pregnant. Before that day, I thought I'd understood anger. But my father was mortal. The anger of a god is boundless. In her iron rage, Artemis flung me to the ground face down and cursed me. I threw my arms out, pleading for mercy, and through my tears I saw my fingers crack and arch and turn into gnarled claws. My skin itched and burned and was covered slowly in fur. When I tried to scream, my jaw grew thick and heavy, and I roared. She transformed me into a bear, the child still in my belly. 
Women pray to Artemis for help with their birth pains. She didn't heed my prayers. I birthed my child alone in the woods. And when I woke up, there was no trace of him. I roamed wild, and the years passed. It was my sense of smell that led me back to my son. That familiar odour. I stumbled out of the dense woods and found him in a clearing. A young man. Straight-backed and handsome. He looked well. When he gazed into my eyes, I thought he knew. I thought love had made him recognise me. By then he'd fixed the arrow to his bow and aimed it at my heart. I stumbled away, seeking sanctuary. I reached Zeus's temple in the forest and charged in, my son following, shooting arrow after arrow. It's forbidden to hunt in a temple. The Arcadians guarding it took up stones and attacked us. We fell to the ground, and I thought we would both die. But this time, Zeus, Lord of Storms and Cloud Gatherer, Zeus the Rapist, appeared and decided to save us. He lifted us up, my son and I. The world dissolved. It was the strangest thing. He placed us in the sky. In the sky. I am now, I am now the constellation of the Great Bear, and my son, and my son is beside me as my guardian. Arcus. Arcus, my son's name. My son's name is Arcus. Callisto has no rest. Zeus's jealous wife, Hera, makes sure the constellation of Ursa Major can never set. It's always visible all year round in most of the Northern Hemisphere and is a non-setting or circumpolar constellation. In the next episode, we'll bring you the full story of Arcus, Callisto's son, and his constellation, Boötes. Welcome to Tales of the Night Sky. In these podcasts, I'll be telling you ancient stories and astral myths about the stars and constellations. My name's Bibi Jacob. Thank you for joining me for this second episode about Arcus and his constellation, Boötes. In the previous episode, you heard the story of Callisto and how she was raped by Zeus. 
and transformed into a bear by an angry goddess before giving birth to her son Arcus. Both Callisto and Arcus, mother and son, were then placed in the sky as constellations. To describe this process of people or things being set in the sky, the Greeks used the term catastrophism, with its corresponding verb, to catastorize. When we learn that Callisto was catastorized into the great bear, Ursa Major, we naturally expect Arcus to have been placed beside her as the little bear, Ursa Minor. But surprisingly, according to many versions of the story, Arcus was catastrophized by Zeus into Boötes, the great bear's guardian. Throughout the ages, the constellations of Ursa Major and Boötes have been connected to farming. To the ancient Mesopotamians, the constellation of Boötes was linked to Enlil, supreme god and patron of agriculture. In Greek, Boötes means herdsman or plowman. Remember that Ursa Major, the great bear, was also identified as a plow or wagon. Well, Boötes was seen as the plow herd or wagon driver. His constellation is just to the left of Ursa Major. It's a star pattern in the shape of a kite, and it's visible from early spring into the autumn. But in this episode, I want to tell you more about the tragic life of Arcus, son of Callisto and protector of the great bear. I must warn you though, like many Greek myths, this one is not for the faint-hearted. Arcus Once his mother was turned into a bear, the people of Arcadia took Arcus back to his family, back to his grandfather, Lycaon. Lycaon, king of Arcadia, father to three daughters, Callisto, Dia and Sophis, and father also to fifty sons. It should have been an easy life for Arcus, his grandfather a king. But King Lycaon had darkness running through his veins in the place of blood, and he had madness in his heart where there should have been love. Up in the mountaintops of Arcadia, his great and wild kingdom, he raged against Zeus's rape of his daughter Callisto. He paced alone, and the darkness whispered to him, Invite Zeus to your table. Draw up a great feast, but make it a little unexpected. Arcus was just a baby. There should have been a mother to protect him from all those shadows, but his mother was a bear, and his grandfather was quite mad. King Lycaon invited Zeus to dine with him. Zeus entered the palace. Oh, do come in, great lord of Olympus. Sat at the table. Please make yourself at home, king of the deathless gods. And surveyed the great spread of food before him. May this food please you, O oh deep thundering Zeus. 
you can't really trick a god. Not if you're mortal. The gods see through all our plots. For though the food was plenteous and fresh, the king of the gods knew the true horror of that meal. Concealed in the dishes were the dismembered body parts of the baby Arcus. Zeus was the boy's father, let's not forget. The king of the gods had raped Callisto in the woods and Arcus was his son. Zeus looked into Lycaon's dark heart and saw how he had murdered Arcus, his own grandchild and son of a god. Zeus collected all the limbs and body parts of his slaughtered son. Then he stood and kicked over the table, smashing food and dishes to the floor. King Lycaon fled. And Zeus, in his anger, brought a great thunderbolt down on Lycaon's home, burning it completely and killing Lycaon's fifty sons. He caught the cowardly king and transformed him into a wolf. And then he reassembled Arcus's body and brought him back to life. He must have wished him a life of peace, for Zeus left the boy with herdsmen, and Arcus grew up learning the simple ways, how to tend to beasts and how to hunt. And that is how, at the age of 16, he came to pursue his own mother in the woods. She, a dark and giant bear. He chased her straight into Zeus's temple, and before the Arcadians could stone mother and son to death, Zeus intervened and placed the unfortunate pair together in the sky. The kingdom of Arcadia actually did exist in the landlocked mountainous centre of the Peloponnese. And this myth probably conveys the disgust other Greeks felt about that kingdom and its traditions. There are supposed to have been cannibalistic rites that took place on the slopes of Mount Lycaon every nine years, in honour of Lycaeus, wolf Zeus. Lycos being Greek for wolf. A single morsel of human entrails would be mixed in with the animal sacrifice. Whoever ate that human flesh was supposed to turn into a wolf and could only regain their human form if they avoided eating human flesh until the nine-year cycle had ended. Plato in his Republic alludes to these rites but it's unlikely they actually occurred. This act of eating one's own children appears in many founding Greek myths. The story of King Tantalus serving up his son Pelops to the gods predates Arcus's story and is almost identical. In fact, the Peloponnese, the region where Arcus's story is set, is named after the unfortunate Pelops. In that first story, disaster smites generation after generation of Tantalus's family as punishment for his crime, fueling some central Greek tragedies all the way to Electra and Orestes. 
Well, although the story of Arcus and Callisto does mirror that of Pelops in many ways, this tale has a fairly peaceful epilogue. No more generations suffer for the sins of the fathers in this story. For though Callisto could never watch over her son, her son now watches over his mother night after night in the deep blue sky. And welcome back to Shelley Talking to the Stars. It's nice to have you with us. And I ask you all to welcome Ursa Minor, the, the little bear. Little, little bear. Welcome, little bear. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm not that little, actually. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just trying to give you the proper name. Um, Ursa Minor. Minor, Ursa. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm, you know. I exist. I'm here and I've got a lot to tell you. Well, please, by all means. Um, so before you tell us, actually, because I know I can tell you have just things bursting out of your little mouth there. Perhaps what we can do is let our listeners hear a bit about your life. Ursa Minor, this is your life. Give a oh, listen. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Welcome to Tales of the Night Sky. In these podcasts, I'll be telling you ancient stories and astral myths about the stars and constellations. Thank you for joining me for this third episode, which is all about Ursa Minor, the little bear. There are many different and conflicting tales about this constellation. Let me narrate the story I like most, and then I'll let you get back to the talk show with a wonderful Shelley DeVito. Kronos, Lord of the Universe, sits on his golden throne, his brow creased, his face severe. This is the Golden Age. The old gods rule, and power is everything. In his right hand, Kronos holds the sickle he used to castrate his father. Beside his throne stands Rhea, his wife and sister, her mouth drawn like a line across her face. Kronos sits on his golden throne, digesting. He has just eaten his five children. He will do anything to hold on to his painfully acquired power. Rhea, mouth set, is thinking hard. She is about to give birth to a sixth child, and this one she plans to save. Rhea hides in a cave on the island of Crete where she gives birth to Zeus, her curly-haired darling. She leaves him in the care of two nymphs. On the Cretan seashore, she finds a smooth and perfect stone, swaddles it, and presents it to her husband as their newborn, 
Kronos, King of the Titans, takes the bundle and consumes it. Browcreased, eyes to the horizon where he fixes his power. The Lord of the Universe now believes that his children can never rule. But years later comes a rumour of a powerful young god, hidden away on an island. Kronos begins his search for this possible usurper. On Crete, Zeus is warned that his mighty father is on the way. He transforms the two nymphs who raised him into bears and turns himself into a dragon. Kronos sees these creatures and moves on. The young Zeus is safe. Years later, Zeus is ready to seize power. He tricks his father into drinking a poison that makes Kronos vomit up the stone and his five other children. The golden age is over. The old gods are dead, defeated and thrown into the depths of Tartarus. The new gods, the Olympians, reign with Zeus as their king. To mark this new era, Zeus places three constellations in the sky. A triple catasterism. Look up and you will see the two bears, Ursa Minor and Ursa Major, and between them, Draco, the dragon. So, do you agree with all that you heard? Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I think you've missed out some stuff, though. I was in the Babylonian star catalogues. I was known as the Wagon of Heaven. So we're talking right back in the day, early, early, early constellations, right? Before all this Greek stuff, I was already a big deal. You were a big deal, OK. Well, well, we're getting it straight from the bear's mouth, as we say, the little bear's mouth. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not that little. Well, we call you Little Bear. Yeah, I know, but I've got other names. That's the problem. What it is, right, is that, first of all, back in the day, the sailors, they were Phoenicians, right? Do you know the Phoenicians? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Ancient sailors, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they, they used to navigate by me. Oh, and do you know why? Because of the North Star. Um, sh- sh- shall we talk a little bit about maybe some of the stories around you? Not just oh, the yeah. stories that you're making yeah. up now about yourself, but the true stories. Yeah. Okay. So, so, what is the why little bear? I mean, it's so cute. It's it's cuter than 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 you actually. Uh, well, I mean, you you are you are very strong, and a little bear you always think of as cuddly, and and cuddly isn't a word I would now use to describe you. Hang on, right? Little bear, big bear, little bear matters more, right? Uh, That's the problem, isn't it? Okay. I mean, what, what would you like us to call you? Well, I've got uh, the name that I quite like. That not many people use is um... perhaps because you can't remember it. No, no, because I've got Phoenicia, which I really like. But Sinosaura is a name that's really important, and I haven't explained that, right? Sinosaura sounds like a dinosaur. No, it doesn't. Look, listen, listen, listen to this. This is important, right? Nicostratus. Do you know who Nickers? It... <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to get pants into it, haven't you? I've listened to your show. You know, it's all pants. No, but sometimes it's like, you know, you're getting the real dirty, dirty business, aren't you? You're always looking for scandals. I beg your pardon. This is real journalism. 
Yeah, but I mean, the scandal here. Do you know? Do you know what the scandal is? What is the scandal? The scandal is that I'm not better known than bloody Ursa Major. So listen, Nicostra- Nico Stratus, he was the son of Helen of Troy and Menelaus, right? Ah. So after Troy, after the big war that goes on for 10 years, right, he comes back and he founds this city. I'm not going to tell you the name of the city because that's not important. But the port of that city was called Sinusura. Sinusura, that's my name. Aha. Uh-huh. Right? I don't understand the link to you at all. Because that's my name, because, because, because that's how important I was. Okay. And the other one, Phoenicio there, Pinocchio? Phoenicio <laughs> or Phoenicia. Phoenicia. Got lots of ways of saying my name. Because you're universal. That's right. But this is interesting, right? Thallus of Miletus was the first to call me a bear, right? And he was a Phoenician. Dallas? Thales, not Dallas. T-H-A-L-E-S, right? So Herodotus, the great historian, said that's what happened. So in the Peloponnese, those stupid ancient Greeks, they're using Ursa Major, but the Phoenicians are sailing by me and they call me Phoenicia because Thales comes from Phoenicia. So I'm more accurate, more accurate navigational guide. I can see. I can see. Look, seriously. How how often have you had someone? How often have you had a, a constellation in here? Well, when Ursa Major was oh, no. here. No, no. Well, yes, she was really quite amazing. The the big bear. She what is she's your big sister? What, no, what she's not. Look, you, why do you always ask the same things? I'm, no, she's not my big sister. We were nursemaids together. I was just as good as her. I'm just smaller. So this is the real story. Is me. Me, uh, me, Sinosaura, that's my actual name. And then that fatty there, right, the big bear, she's called Helika, right? And what what were we? We were nurses, as in... uh, Nursemaids? Yeah, nursemaids. For for children? No, but it wasn't just any child we were nursemaids for, yeah? We were nursemaids for Zeus. You know Zeus? No, I thought Zeus had been brought up by a goat. No! No, no. I'm quite certain that that was the case. No, that's Cretan, Cretan rubbish, that is. That's just someone took too many drinks at the bar and making it up. No, two bears. Mm, a bear and a, two bears and a goat? Why on earth would a parent confide their baby to bears? Because we, we weren't bears. But you just said two bears brought no, him up. No, 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 that's later. I didn't mean that. Well, no, because there's another story which I haven't talked about where it's two bears and he suckles us. But I wasn't a bear, I was a woman. Oh, like Romulus and Remus? No, there was wolves. <laughs> I, I, I thought that you were also known as a hunting dog. I know, but that's crap, that is. That's the, now, this is where it all starts. The problem is Callisto, right? Mm-hmm. Callisto. Callisto? Uh, Callisto? Callisto's supposed to be what the great bear was turned into, yeah? No. no. Can you help us there? Yeah, all right. So Callisto's this nymph, Zeus rapes her, turns her into a bear. What, a no, little bear? No, no, Zeus, Zeus rapes her. No, it's the big bear, it's the big bear. So there's a lot around the big bear, in fact. No, You're no, kind no, of in no, the no, shadow, no, no, it would no, no, seem, for a, for a star, that's a problem. Look, that's why I'm writing my memoirs. I'm trying to set it all straight, yeah? Okay, because, let's start then. All right, mm-hmm. so this is the story, right? World is pristine, right? Kronos, real bastard, yeah? One of the titans has these children. A tight end? <laughs> Honestly, what is your culture? I mean, 
like the old Titans, Clash of the Titans, like I'm 1970s sorry, I'm sorry, film. I, I, we, we say with the T, we say Titan in the States, sorry. All oh, right, so it's Clash of the Titans, right, that film, yeah? <laughs> so you go, but even before that, so you've got these old gods, Kronos, he starts eating his children so they don't take over from him. And he's going to eat Zeus, right? Get this. But then the mum, Rhea, she hides Zeus away in Crete. Lovely place, Crete. Nice mm, beaches, mm. good alcohol. This, this is true. This is true. So she, she hides him away on Crete. And guess who takes care of Zeus, baby, baby Zeus? The big bear. No, 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 no. no. Big bear and me, me, oh. both of us. She's just bigger than me. Doesn't make her better than me. But were you, weren't you the little baby? So maybe you were more like a playmate with Zeus. No, I was... I was, I was I, it's just because I'm smaller, you know what I mean? It's not because I'm I'm not less adult. Oh, they could have called you short bear. Don't have that discriminatory attitude to somebody being smaller than somebody who's Small big. is beautiful. We have right, no problem right. with that. And also, right, going back to that story, Kronos comes along, Zeus changes us into bears, turns himself into a dragon, and later on, to mark the importance of this event, he puts us up in the sky. Right, So you've got the constellation of the dragon and you've got the constellations of the two bears. That's what it is. We're not sisters. Well, I suppose you're right on that because Ursa Major definitely doesn't have your accent. And, and if I was mentioning Ursa Major, it's just because she was talking to us when she was here in, on the show yeah, yeah, yeah. about she's mentioned in Homer. I, Everyone's always talking about that, but they don't even know. It's just not interesting. Do you know why? Homer's not interesting. No, no, listen. No, I can trump that. I can trump that. Listen. Shakespeare. The Bard. Julius Caesar. <clears throat> Julius Caesar says, drum roll please. I am constant as the northern star. There you go. That's one star. <laughs> but it's the most important star within my constellation. Does that star belong to any other constellation? No, it's just me. It's just yours. And you and you share your light with everyone then. Yeah, I do. I do. And I've helped those Phoenicians for centuries. You don't seem constant. You seem rather erratic. But it's not constant. My, 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 the northern star, I told you, it's not always the same light, but it's bloody brilliant, isn't it? So that's not constant at all if it's not always the same. You're also a dim ladle, aren't you? No. Sorry, what? Where'd you get that? Well, isn't that what you're called? I mean, you're a dipper. I'm a dipper. I'm not a ladle. Well, it's a dipper is a ladle. What's a dipper otherwise? A dipper. What is it? An ice cream cone? It's a ladle that dips into soup. No. Ladle, that is unglamorous. When you think of a ladle, do you see diamonds? No. You can see silver. Who's got a silver ladle? Have you got a silver ladle? That's none of your business. But it is a ladle. What's a dipper? <laughs> you are a dipper. You're the little I'm dipper. I'm a little dipper. I'm Ursa Minor, I'm Fenike, I'm Do they Sinusaur. call you Little Fenike? No, there's only one Fenike. There's only one Fenike. And nobody knew about Ursa Major when I was around back then. Oh. And I, why is that? Because I was the big deal. I was the big deal. So then. how I did she take star. your place? Because she muscled in on it. And then everyone says, but you're upside down. But I'm not upside down. You know, I'm balancing. I'm showing you the glory of the stars. How can you be upside down and showing everyone north? No, no, it's not me. It's the northern... Ah, oh, so you're not the North Star. i got it here. Look, look, it's here. I see it. Sometimes it's a bit... Look, can we go weak. back? Can we, can mm. we talk about my album a bit more? Uh, sure, sure. This album, the celestial music that you have going. Can, can you tell us about it? 
yeah, basically I needed to tell my story because uh, it's called Alone, Alone Amongst the Stars. But you're not alone, you have your big sister. <laughs> She's not my sister. Oh, we're not related, it's just we were but both... But you have the same name, Ursa. That's just Bear, but we were changed into Bears by Zeus. Now, Every time I... I think of you, I think of Goldilocks. Oh, no, that's not nice. That's but not... I'm sorry, but it's the little bear because she's always dealing with the little bear. It's not the mama bear. It's not the papa bear. She wants the little bear's soup. She wants the little bear's bed. Everything's just right with the little bear. It's yeah, actually yeah, very yeah, touching. Yeah. Everything's just right like it is with me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So small is perfect, like you said, yeah? Uh, just right, let's say. I am trying to be kind. Just accept it. All right. All right. Do you hibernate? I'm up there all the time. I never set. Well, but bears hibernate. But I'm not a bear. I'm a constellation now. But you're a little bear. No, look, it's, it's, he changed us into bears. Right. And then he changed us into constellations. Look, I had a double transformation. But we still call you the little bear, don't we? Yeah, but but the shape is like a bear. Have you seen my picture? Have you seen? I, yeah, I'm quite uh, famous. Yeah. Solarius did a lovely picture of me. Mm. Got a lovely t- Have you uh, the tail? The yeah, lovely tail. Mm, mm. So you're not a bear, but I'm, you have a I'm tail. A, I'm a constellation of a bear. But first I was a bear, and then I, first I was a woman, a very nice nursemaid, small but very perfectly made. Then I was changed. You were perfectly made maid. I was a maid. I was. Okay. Now, I've just looked up Sinusora, and it seems to mean dog's tail. So, <laughs> so dogs and bears? That's another story where I'm supposed to have been bloody Callisto's dog. You were a dog. I was not a dog. (laughs) Listeners, get this clear. She was not a dog, but she is known for having a dog's tail. No, because my tail's a bit strange for a bear. It sticks out a bit. But it's nice. It's a nice tail. So perhaps it was a relationship between a bear and a dog that gave birth to you? No, that's that, that, that. I mean, all right, yeah, that that's quite funny. Ha ha. Yeah. No, I'm not making a joke. I mean, oftentimes in Greek mythology, you have animals that are from different no, species. No, that's a chimera. That... I'm not a chimera. Oh, you're not a chimera. No, what it is is that that stupid story of me being a, a Callisto's dog has done the rounds. All these, all it's all fake news. All these extra stories. You seem are... a bit schizophrenic. You mean you have a lot of different identities? I've got lots of names, lots of identities, lots of stories. And maybe that's... have you ever tried seeing someone to figure out who you really are? Like seeing what? Like a shrink? Ooh. Um, I'm already small. Why do I want to see a shrink? No, it's true. You don't want to get any smaller than you are. But you said you were going to play a a, a uh, song. Uh, uh, sure. Sure, we'll sure. listen to it now then. Okay, well, let's listen. A bit bigger. Listeners, on that note, I think that we're going to thank Ursa Minor, the little bear, for being with us. Yeah, cheers. Thank I look forward to our next episode of Shelley Talking to the Stars.
And that's this week's show. Please check for show notes and links for Tales of the Night Sky and more astronomical mythological on sonicsociety.org. Until next week, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Have a lovely day. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. from all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we'd like to say thank you for making this our fourth season. With hundreds of original shows, we are the world's largest curated podcast and podcast family collection of audio drama and audio fiction. And it's all because of you. We couldn't be more grateful because it's here at Mutual where we listen and imagine together. Together.